Alcohol Tipping Point is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point. I am your host, Debbie Maisner, and today we have Jennifer Klemp, the creator of Sunrise Today, um, on our show. And so I just want to say, hey, Jennifer, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here. Um, and I didn't really do your intro justice. So tell tell us a little bit about who you are um, and what what you've created with Sunrise today. Yes, I am an artist, actually, a fine artist uh, that created Sunrise Today. So um, I created Sunrise Today as a DIY journal for those people who are wanting to be inquisitive about their alcohol use. Um, so the journal that I created that I eventually created after starting my own sobriety journey uh, is from my standpoint, a journal that you can use at the beginning of your journey. Uh, it can go along with, if you're starting to uh, go to AA, I think it's a good adjunct for that. Um, and I created sunrise because I, be, I created sunrise as actually an alternative spiritual method. So <laughs> I guess that's the kind of short, <laughs> kind of short semi-long story. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great resource for where, wherever you're at on your sobriety journey. And then like you said, just um, bringing in the spiritual element to it, uh, which is important for a lot of people. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think, that it is, and that's why I created Sunrise as an alternative, not only spiritual, but philosophical model. Uh, so I incorporate many different, what I would call spiritual perspectives um, into the journal. Uh, so I use a little bit of meditation slash Buddhism uh, I also use prayer, and my whole concept is that all of these things can be used together, and that is that is that is what the Sunrise Today Journal is about, and that is that is what Sunrise Today in general is about. Uh, so I'm very consistent with my story of presenting all of these these different spiritual narratives on sunrise because I didn't find that in any of the books that I read there, there was no one was touching upon the spiritual aspect unless it was AA. And I didn't really want to go to AA at the time when I started really getting sober. So that was in around 2019. Yeah. Can you share what your experience was with alcohol? Sure. So I'm Gen X, so I am 48. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm trying to think, how long do you want this story? Um, so in college, drinking was just a really huge thing for Gen X. And uh, at my school in particular, University of Kansas, and at that time, I, I feel like everybody in college drank uh, 
on the weekends. You know, I was I was a big party girl, and uh, that was obviously obviously a long time ago. But we, um, in my twenties, I graduated to wine, and at that time, which was I graduated in '95, so let's say '95 going into the oots or the 2000s, if you remember, you know wine the whole wine culture thing was just really big do you remember that yeah I I actually remember my I mean I went to I graduated high school in 95 and then college in 99 uh, big party school as well um University of Idaho and Mm -hmm. I remember being introduced to wine in a very sophisticated way by um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of my friends whose dad was a professor and and then wine just becoming kind of the cool, sophisticated um, drink of choice. Yes. So we're not that far apart in age. So I think it's important. I, I tried to keep in mind our, you know, with you and I and our generation, our perspective is a little bit different, I think. I mean, every generation does have a different perspective. But during that time, going into the 2000s, you know, when I was in my 20s, wine was, you know, just a really big deal. And you talked about it being sophisticated. So I associated good wine with a good life, you know, and and living... uh, living a very nice lifestyle. So I, I got really into wine and, and that lasted for, uh, for a really long time. I think, um, you know, up until my first, my first son was born. My first son was born in 2008 and my second son was 2010. Uh, so up until when I had my son, you know, it was, I mean, I really missed wine. I, I remember that specifically, like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, like, oh, I have to, I have to not have wine, you know, during my pregnancy. And it was very difficult. Like, it was really difficult. And I, I guess I feel like I should have known then, but it's just, I guess you don't, it, it's so big in our culture and it was big in our culture at that time, that whole wine culture, like it's okay to drink wine because it's such, it, it's just a part of living well. Right. Uh, so it was like a big hardship for me to not have wine during both of my pregnancies, which as I said, my kids were born in 20, 2008 and 2010. So then, um, then it was the mommy needs wine culture. And mm-hmm. uh, if you remember that, then it was, we kind of moved into mommy needs wine, which is still a, a thing now, I think, although I'm, I'm disconnected from that now because I'm in the sobriety community, but, um, but it, it's hazy on when things got, uh, got worse because as we say in this, sober community like you know the effects of alcohol are very uh subtle so as you go on through your years of drinking you don't notice these things that are happening to you until you really step back from them so so it came to a point where I was you know somewhere along the way I graduated again I call it graduating. It's not really graduating. Um, I, I moved into using more hard liquor because it was cheaper. That was the rationalization. Uh, so I was really into classic cocktails. So, you know, I, we, we, I, you know, had enough money to spend on expensive liquors and that somehow made it more acceptable. So, um, I moved on to classic cocktails and then from there, I guess before I stopped, you know, it was kind of like this, I mean, I tried to moderate for many, many years and there were points in my life where I asked myself, you know, like, Oh, I wonder if this is the missing link. Like if I, 
if I would stop drinking, if I could be a better cyclist, you know, because I cycle a lot and I would cycle and I would drink. So this is like a good example of your gray area drinker where you're able to maintain like many, uh, what do I want to say? Many aspects of your life that are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like with the cycling, like you're, I'm able to go and cycle all of these miles a week, but then in the evening I would be drinking, you know, like these extremes, like you can maintain your job, your workouts, your. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're high functioning. Yes. High functioning. Uh, so I was doing that for many years and then finally I got more into cycling and then the alcohol just wasn't, it just wasn't fitting in anymore because I would feel bad in the morning and then I would postpone my cycling or feel bad. You know, it it started to get to a point where, you know, like this one particular ride that I went on, I was, I mean, I felt really sick because I had really overdone it. And for many years I had been able to drink or I built up a tolerance, you know, to drink quite a bit. And then the next morning, just go and uh, do my workout. And then it, it just really started catching up with me in my 40s, I would say. So, and then um, I did two very large bike races, gravel races. Um, or actually, I did one. <laughs> I was training for this very large gravel race that I had never done. And that's when I really said, okay, I've, you know, that one's in 2018, 2018. And I said, I've really got it. Like, I really wanted to do this race. And I said, I've really got to uh, stop drinking so much. So I really tried to rein it in. And I reined it in, like, to where I was drinking on the weekend. Like that, you know, I mean, and looking back, like, come on, like you can't go a month without drinking, but I couldn't. And you don't realize these things when you're in it, Mm -hmm. I think. Well, how do you feel about that, Debbie? I just don't realize it (laughs) when it's, when you're, when it's happening. Yeah. I think in, in a way it was like ignorance is bliss. And then when you start to realize it and then you start to learn things about alcohol and then you start to try to stop. And then, you know, when you start to wake up to all of that, then it's like, oh, this sucks. Like why, you know, I, then you're like fighting with yourself. You're having that cognitive dissonance where you're like, no, this isn't helping me. I know I shouldn't be doing this. And then you're still doing it, but you're like, but I still have a job. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm still working out. Like I'm not, I haven't hit rock bottom. And I think that keeps a lot of people from making a change. Like I'm still functioning. I, I'm, you know, I'm okay. Um, But like you said, like you were thinking, I'm a pretty good cyclist, but maybe I could be a great cyclist. You know, maybe I can just make my life better if I remove yes. alcohol. Yes. So it was in that, that race that I think that was just really one of the last straws. I mean, there were many things along the way, but that was, I would call, you know, like one of those big things that, that I, I was kind of binge drinking on the weekend during my training and I was in, <laughs> And one night my husband and I went out and I just got, I got so drunk. I got very sick because I was also, I was also really counting my calories and, you know, so that I could drop a little weight for the race. Um, It wasn't dropping weight, you know, for my body. It was like, I really need to, I want to finish this race so badly and it's important to me and, but I can still drink. And then, and then the next year um, I did the race as well. And that was in, uh, 2019. And so I, I was, I was not able to control it as well as I did the year prior. So, um, I came back from the race and it was like, just my drinking just really got out of hand. So that's, that's my story. And then I, then I really tried to stop drinking, but I had tried to stop 
several times before, as many drinkers, great area drinkers do, you know, we try to stop many times. There were many times that I tried to stop along the way over the years. Um, and finally I just said, okay, forget it. Like I just can't do this anymore. So, and so that's my long story. That's quite a long story. It's a pretty typical, you know, um, common story, uh, starting drinking in college and then having young kids and being part of mommy wine culture and then just being physically active and just, I remember that I used to do this really hard race here, race to Roby Creek, and I would take the month off before Roby Creek to not drink, um, and then train as hard as I could for it, do the race and then start drinking again. And just like you said, like counting calories. <laughs> I mean, I, I would never drink juice. I was like, Oh, I can never drink juice. That's like way too many calories, but I'm gonna have a six pack of beer or <laughs> something like right. that was just right. not logical at all. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know. It's like, and again, you when you have some distance from from drinking, you can see how silly that was. <laughs> so, well, what helped you be successful this last time? So that was twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So, I decided to make sunrise today for my own accountability because I did not want to go to AA. Now, one thing I would say is that. If I could take a time machine, I would reconsider. I would tell myself, I'm sorry, I would tell myself, try AA out. Try going to a group because it's kind of hard to do this alone. So the spiritual is my most important tool. Uh, and I've been studying spirituality in one way, shape, or form since my 20s. However, I don't. I don't have a religion. I'm, I consider myself to be omnist, which is someone who believes that there's a truth in, in every religion. So I am not into religionism. I am into spirituality and finding the truth and, and philosophy. So, uh, so I used spirituality and I used prayer and meditation and, I also use sunrise today as my own tool. So, you know, because when you're doing, when you have a, a product or a podcast or a, whatever it is you have on, on the Instagram community, you're accountable to people. Um, and so I made sunrise today for my own accountability and to create a new philosophy for, for people also, but mainly for my own accountability. So Sunrise Today, what the thing that got me in the beginning was why, why were mornings really great? You know, when, if you took a night of sobriety, the morning would be great. But then in the evening, what happens? Like, why is it in the evening that I really want to drink? This is crazy. You know, it was like Jekyll and Hyde syndrome. And when I found the sober community on Instagram, I, I noticed that everything was black. Like everybody had a black t-shirt and all of the t-shirts said, you know, like some of them said, I, can I say a bad word on the yeah. podcast or no? Yeah. So these t-shirts would say like, unfuck yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was like, I hate that. I don't like that. That doesn't sound good. Like we're, we're trying to get better here. You know, like we're trying to move toward, we're moving towards the light. We're not in the dark. Why is everything black? I'm going to create something that, that is based on this concept. So I created the concept in the summer after that race in 2019 of Sunrise Today. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create this Sunrise Today. And it's going to be a new philosophy. And I'm going to tell about my journey. And nobody's going to really even like it for the first year because you don't, I feel like you don't have a lot of credibility at like month one, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like a long-term thing, but really I created Sunrise Today for my own accountability and because I didn't want to go to AA. I'm like, this can be a new spiritual model. 
for people who don't like AA or don't want to go or are afraid to go. They can pick up, they can, and then eventually I made the journal. And I was like, well, they can pick up the journal. At first it was just a t-shirt and an image for Sunrise Today, uh, which is an image of the Midwest and is was taken from a photo that, that, uh, that I took on my bike. So I ride a lot of the same routes, you know, during the week and, and, and most days I ride the same routes or the same five routes, you know? So, um, that's where the image came from. And I, and eventually I was like, well, now people can have a journal if they want to, if, if they're, they don't feel like going to AA because they don't identify with the tenants of AA, then they can, they can use my journal. And it is a, you know, it's like a, you're, it's meant to, you can read a page a day. And so there's more than, it ended up being more than 30 pages. Originally, the idea was 30 pages for that first month, but it turned out to be more than that. Like, I don't know, 40 something pages. I don't even know at this point. I should know it's my own product, but anyway, <laughs> it turned out to be, it turned out to be way more than a month, but it, it's meant to get you through your first month. And it tells in the back, like all of my story and every single thing. Well, I sent you the book. It tells every single thing that I did and how those, those, I call them aspects. So I made like a pyramid uh, for, for my own use, kind of like, you know, Hey, this is what I'm doing because it's trying to tell people in that first year, this is what I'm doing. Um, and there was some point I, along the way in that first year where I was like, okay, let me break this down into this pyramid. And this is my base of my pyramid, but somebody else, it might be different for them. It might be exercise. And then this is how I've categorized all of these aspects. And I define the aspects in the back of uh, the journal so that people can kind of see what I did and, and hear how I used every single aspect. So does that, did that answer the question? Yeah. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about AA and spirituality um, and what, what parts you that resonate for you that someone who is spiritual or religious may find helpful. Um, Cause I thought that was interesting that you said the other books or programs don't have a spiritual aspect and it seems like AA is one of the only places that does. Can you speak to that some more? Sure. Um, I would really like to know if there is another book that's out there where people mention spirituality, number one. So I don't know that there is anything out there because I researched it for my own product. There was a book on Buddhism and because I looked specifically for Buddhism and sobriety there was one little book but it just didn't seem like it really was great you know like you could view a couple pages and it just you know it didn't seem like like it was it was all that um so so your question again was to well a so aa is the kind of has that very strong um spiritual component um yes and, and so what have you found helpful for quitting alcohol that's related to connecting with your own spirituality? Okay, so I think you wanted me to talk about AA and like, so here's the thing. I have this idea about what AA is and what going to a meeting is, but, but the, the thing the thing is, is that I've listened to a couple other people talk about AA and, and there's one in particular, your sober pal. I don't know if you're familiar with, familiar with her. Are you? Mm -hmm. I've seen her account. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, she went to AA and she made it seem cool. And I was like, well, maybe I should have been more open to that. But the thing that I didn't love about AA is that, is that they say that they're powerless against alcohol and that like I think that's like the number one thing that's mm -hmm. the number that's their number one I'm powerless against alcohol well I was like I don't I don't like that <laughs> I don't like that I I if I stop using alcohol then then I then I have power if I'm able to stop then then I'm powerful 
So that I'm like, well, how can I go to the meeting? How can I go to a meeting if I don't even believe in number one, you know? Mm-hmm. And and the idea of working through the steps was a little daunting. I'm like, I don't want to work through the steps. I don't have time to work through the steps. You know, like I just have done it my own way. And now I see that I see why people uh, do AA and that it is a great support community. So like I said, if I had to take a time machine and go back, I, I would have at least tried it out. So if you're, I would say if you're having trouble, you know, with getting sober and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried, you know, at least give it a whirl to go to an AA meeting. Like I said, my journal, I think can go alongside, like if somebody's doing the AA program and going to meetings, they could easily do my journal because, or, you know, use the journal and do the page a day because it's just more, I mean, I, I want it to be uplifting and kind of fun, you know, like getting sober is not easy. And so, you know, you read this page and you're like, okay, this is something that I can think about for the day versus like working through the steps. I have to go apologize to people. Like, you know, that's part of the thing is that you go to people I, I may be saying this totally incorrectly, so please correct me if I'm wrong on this. You know, I think part of it is, like, going and admitting to people, like, I was a bad person. I, I feel like this is what it is, but it may not be this way. Um, you know, like, admitting that you were a big alcoholic. And I don't like that that term. I don't like, I, you know, I was an alcoholic. So, or I am an alcoholic. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I don't like any of that. So, um. So I created a different model for people. I mean, like that, who don't like those things, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to stand up and say, hi, my name is so-and-so and and I'm an alcoholic. Like, I'm like this big, like, I I don't know. It is, I have issue with, with uh, being powerless. Like I'm not powerless. It's something, this is something that happened to me that, you know, maybe my brain is different. Uh, I don't think I can drink anymore. I get it. But, like, I'm not going to stand up there and say, hey, I'm an alcoholic and I'm powerless against alcohol because I just proved that I quit drinking. So, you know, um, there, there you go. I'm not, I, there's, I'm powerful now. So the fact that you, that, I don't know, you just kind of have to stick with those labels, just that's not something that I want to do. So, so that's that. I don't know if that answered that question. Yeah. I, I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Um, I agree. Like I, I don't call myself an alcoholic. It's not even a medical term. Um, and language matters and labels matter. And I, I agree with you. Like I'm not powerless over alcohol. I'm powerful over it. You know, I, I persevered. I am empowered. So totally get that. Yeah. So my book is meant to be a loving way that embraces your own power and how you want to do this thing, this journey, this, this thing, this getting sober, you know, this alcohol-free lifestyle, like, there are words that we use, you know, I go through all of that through, um, I, I go over identity. So that's one thing in, in my journal is discussing identity and how you identify with, uh, yourself, you know, like what is the identity you want to create for yourself? Uh, because most of us who quit drinking, it's like, well, we want to quit because (laughs) we're not feeling so good. You know, we're not feeling so good about our life. We're not feeling so good physically. We're not feeling good on bike rides. You know, so how do you want to be? So the first thing is identity. How do you want? What is the person that you want to be? Um, so let's focus on the identity. And then um, I touch on meditation. I touch on prayer. Those are like three of the main components, I would say. Um, and then just documenting how you're dealing with what I call practical sobriety. So um, I have that topic in my Instagram where I do my Instagram videos and 
you know, some of them are like the deep spiritual stuff and some of them are on the um, practical sobriety, which is like, okay, how do we handle triggers? You know, and I give you my story on one page and then, you know, I ask you, I ask the user, the, the journal, the, the journal user to, you know, really document those triggers and, and I, I feel like I've done it systematically. So, yeah, so that's, that's that. Yeah, those are some really useful tips for someone who is looking to change their relationship with alcohol. Um, any other, like, specific tips you would give? Oh, tips. Oh, so there are many tips. <laughs> I feel like there are many tips. Yeah. Okay, so don't you feel that way, too? Yeah. What comes to mind? Just like, what are a couple top ones? So, okay. So here's, here's one. This is a big one. Uh, get way more sleep than you think you need. Mm -hmm. So, so I thought I'm going to quit drinking and then I'm just going to go out and conquer all of my goals because I don't think I think it it hit me, you know, like I'm not, (laughs) I'm not being as productive as I want to be. I'm not as successful as I want to be. I'm not as this as I want to be. When I quit drinking, like I am going to be winning at life right away. So take it easy on yourself. It might take a little bit of time. It might take a long time. So, um, you need, this is like a huge thing is, is that, I mean, I just am a firm believer in sleep. So go to sleep earlier than you think that you would that you should, <laughs> then you should. So even if it's just getting in your bed at 8 PM and just like making, making you shut down. So getting sleep, uh, try to find a group. So that would be my second tip. Like try to find a group, whether it's AA or another type of group. Uh, and if you don't find a great group right away, just, I mean, at least give it a like a good, a good shot, you know, like if one meeting doesn't work, then maybe look into another one, try at least two or three out because, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna gel with everybody. So find a group, uh, tell your family. So that's a big one. So, you know, if we're gray area drinker, like nobody noticed that we hit rock bottom and we might not have hit rock bottom or we hit our version of rock bottom Um, so you got to tell your family because don't, don't be like me. Don't be like me and just try to do it because that didn't work very well for me. Uh, it didn't work very well for me in the past. Um, so tell your, your husband, kids, you know, so that you have some accountability. Um, do you want more tips? I can give more. Those are great. Yeah. I mean, are these good? Are these good? Or are these like kind of like everybody knows this? I think they're really good. I mean, they're different for everybody. I mean, and just that you put sleep number one, like you don't always hear that. Oh, um, okay. So this is not necessarily in <laughs> the rest of them are not in the, in the correct order. But um, so therapy. So let's talk about it. Did you get therapy? I did not. But I, I'm not against it. I think it's okay. fabulous. So number four thing, if you have insurance, if if your insurance pays for therapy, go and get it. I don't care like if you think that you are just like a little bit of a gray area drinker, you're thinking about quitting, just, you know, browse, especially if your insurance is paying for it. Check in with a therapist. That's what I would say. Get a recommendation at least to have it in your, you know, in your wallet or in some kind of note on your phone. Like, because there might be a moment where you're, where you're going, Hmm, some things are coming up here, you know, and you want to be able to call somebody. And then again, with therapy, like the thing about therapists and therapy is that just like the group, you know, not everybody is you're going to gel with, you know? So you want to first and foremost, I think, is really like your therapist. You know, you want to really 
find a therapist that is um, that resonates with you and somebody that you look forward to seeing. You know, so that that to me is huge. Like, don't go to somebody and then just stick with them for two months because they're a therapist. You know, I think it's really important to tap in to your intuition. Yeah. I noticed you dedicated Uh, your journal to your therapist, too. I did. And I've been seeing her since my little one was born. So I saw her for different reasons when my little one was born, uh, well, I actually just saw her because somebody said, you know, you seem stressed out, which who, what mom who has two kids under four is not stressed out. Um, (laughs) or two kids, I'm sorry, two years, nine months apart is not stressed. Um, so I went to see my therapist just because of this recommendation and I loved her and I, (laughs) it's like, I don't really need a therapist. And here I am 10 years later. So that's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, my therapist, um, is amazing. We're on the same wavelength. We are like, you know, just, I don't know, from the same, from the same fam, you know, from the same, the same cloth, the same fam, however you want to categorize it. Um, so, and then of course there are many other tips like, you know, if you are spiritual, then whether you use prayer or meditation, definitely use those. Like on a daily basis, take some time out, 15 minutes to meditate and pray um, and ask for what you want. So, I mean, we could get into that too because, you know, let's say, so I believe in, you know, asking it is given. Uh, uh, asking you shall receive, right? So this is kind of what I'm covering now. The law of attraction uh, in my feed is based on the concept that we attract what we desire. So if you desire to just be inquisitive about your sobriety, then ask for that. Say, you know, I just really like to know more. You just ask the universe or you meditate on it uh, or you pray. It doesn't really matter. Um, It's all about the intention, so you ask, you know, like, I'm, whatever your thoughts are, I'm a little bit concerned about my alcohol use. Please, God, universe, who higher self, it doesn't really matter, which, whatever term you prefer, um, point me in the right direction, you know, of, of more information. You know, maybe you're just asking for more information. Uh, if you really want to quit and you can't quit, then, you know, say that, spend some time with yourself, ideally in the morning, you know, where you're telling the universe, like, I'm having trouble, you know, or you can pray about that. I'm having trouble. Please, God, angels, higher self, you know, help me out. I am having a hard time with this. So I need to know what to do. You know, point me in the right direction. Show me the resources. And see what happens. The resources will come if you ask. I mean, they really will. It might take time. It might not be like this month. It might be, you know, six months or a year or two years. So. Yeah, that's really comforting um, to know, like, well, I can just put this out there and see what happens. So sometimes you're putting it out there to let it go, but sometimes you're putting it out there to, to get something back. It was really hard for me to get sober. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really hard. It wasn't just like, Oh, alcohol is bad for me. Okay. I know that now. So I'm just going to stop using alcohol. That was not how it was. So I think, you know, maybe some people think, oh, a gray area drinker is easy for you. No. Mm-mm. So I read this Naked Mind cover to cover. And I was like, okay. Because I told you I was going to do, I'm going to do all, I, when I first, you know, started, I made this decision. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do, you know. Um, I still wanted to drink. I mean, you can know everything that's bad about alcohol and still want to drink. So, you know. I needed a little bit more help. I needed the therapy. 
You know, I needed to pray. I needed to meditate. And I needed to say, listen, I'm having a hard time with this. So, you know, somebody, please help me, you know, help me out. And basically all the help came, you know, I mean, I was, it's hard to do it alone. Yeah, it it is. And you don't have to. And you'll find that you'll, you'll find if you're asking for the, that people will come into your life. One, one of the fears of getting sober is that like, oh my gosh, this is life as I know it is going to end. Right. And you think that, you know, it's, it's, you, you know, things are going to be sad. You're not going to have your, your wine. You're not going to have your thing. You know, it was your thing for so long. It was my thing for like 28 years or something. So, but things come that are so much better. So I guess if that's one thing that I could tell anybody is that you, it may be hard when you're in addiction to see what is coming, but things will come. Things and people will come. And you won't want that life that you had prior to quitting. You can't imagine it when you're trying to quit. You know, you're like, oh, my gosh, my life. I mean, like, I drink, you know, like, wine is my thing. Wine and food, you know, like, that's my whole thing. Martha Stewart, you know, all of that. By the way, Martha Stewart, I think, is, like, the root cause of (laughs) so many drinking issues. Um, (laughs) But things will come that are better. And so to trust in that. I think can be an important component to stepping away from alcohol. You know, like I know things cause it's hard to, it's hard at first because you may be at a point like I was where you're like, I'm really not experiencing that much joy. Like I didn't become sober and then like 30 days later, you know, like, woo, all this joy. It took some time. But I can say at two years, you're going to have much better things. You'll have much better people. You'll have much better things. You'll have, you'll find different ways to do things. You'll not even be interested in whatever it was that you were doing when you were drinking. You know, so in my case, the foodie wine thing, right? Or the foodie cocktail culture or using the alcohol to calm down your anxiety. Like that cooking now is just not really a big interest of mine. (laughs) So who would have thought that that would have happened because I was way into that. You know, now it's like, well, I take back lessons. You know, you just, you change your stuff up, you change your activities up. It does take time, but, uh, it, it will happen. And you, it, I mean, it's, don't you feel the same way, Debbie? Like that you have better things, you have better experiences now. Yeah, I just, it's it's like you removed a filter, like a cloudy filter. And so it's not like everything was really bad before, but everything's better and clearer and brighter <clears throat> and different. Do you do, yeah, do you do anything that's new, that's new that you didn't do prior to when you were drinking? Or are your things just more enhanced? I think, yeah, I think things are more enhanced. I mean, this podcast and alcohol tipping point is definitely new for me. Um, Like new hobby, like that kind of thing. Is that what you're referring to? I'm just asking in general, like the things in your life now. I would say I haven't like dramatically changed my life. Um, but it, everything is enhanced. That's how I feel. I have met like a ton of new people and made new connections and, um, have started this side business. I, so I guess I am doing things that I hadn't done before, but also just enjoying the things, um, and just mundane things like enjoying movies more, um, TV shows, spending time with my kids going on walks, reading, um, just also just having the brain space, being awake and just being able to think because we've spent so much time when we were drinking, 
um, where we were tapped out. Like once you start drinking, like you're not really thinking. <laughs> and so, and, and we're talking hour, like if you start at five o'clock at night and you're drinking until bedtime and you wake up and you're hungover, you're not really thinking clearly then either. So like having so many more hours per day where I'm just actually using my brain and thinking. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever um, experience any depression? I have had depression. Um, I had it after my first baby and I've been on antidepressants. <laughs> I haven't gone off them. I've, I'm just on a low dose Lexapro. Um, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that like everything has been completely solved by removing alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. So I still have had some just underlying depression, which is well managed with with my little pill. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I notice two really important things or three. And one of those things is that I, I used to have seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. where I would get really sad in the winter. And I mean, it was like, I would kind of feel like this compulsion to, go on a vacation in February. Like we have to go somewhere. We have to go to Mexico. We have to go somewhere where it's warmer. You know, one year we went to Arizona one year, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've got to get out of here. Got to get out of the Midwest, you know? Well, I no longer, I mean, I get a little sad, but not to the extent that it was when I was drinking. And I didn't even know that that was causing that. Um, the other thing that I experience in terms that's related to that is like this anxiety about my kids leaving in the morning and being without my children while they were at school. So, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like I would be sad. I would be really sad, but you know, they're gone for like seven hours. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is a little ridiculous to feel this. I mean, not ridiculous, but, now I feel like when they leave, I'm like, okay, I have seven hours to do all of these million things that I am doing, you know, which is Sunrise Today and my art and promoting my artwork and being an artist. So, you know, I have seven hours. Oh, my God. I'm, like, so busy, and I and I love it. I love being busy. and I don't love being too busy, but I love being – I don't experience that that feeling anymore where I was like, if something bad would happen in the morning, I would be so like, I would kind of obsess on it and be hung up on it until 12 or one. And then I'd be like, Oh my God. Then I'd have this anxiety. Like, Oh my gosh, I have an hour. I have an hour and a half left to work and I haven't gotten anything done. So those are, I guess, two things related to anxiety and depression that I've noticed uh, a huge difference in since I've stopped drinking. So, you know, I'm way more productive. It was very hard to be productive. So, you know, I mm-hmm. do think that it does affect not only just like because you're hungover, but I do think that it causes some long-term uh, brain, you know, it, it does cause, I mean, we know that, but, you know, it causes, um, a decline, you know, in, in, in your, in the functioning of your brain. So I'm noticing that even though I have ADD, which was never diagnosed, um, in my childhood, but because I, I have ADD, it was, it got to a point where I really had so much trouble concentrating, uh, towards my end years of alcohol use. And now I still have ADD, However, it's just, I can manage it so much better and I'm more organized and I'm implementing strategies all of the time to become more organized and I'm always working, it's a work in progress. It's not like my, it's, it's not like I've lost the ADD. It's like I recognize it now and I can manage it a little bit more effectively. Yeah. So many benefits of giving up alcohol. Yeah. 
Um, well, before we wrap up, uh, how can someone find you? Yeah, so uh, my website is sunrisetodaybrands.com. Fantastic. And I'll put and, it in the show notes, too. And then your Instagram. Yeah, so I'm super active on Instagram because I took a, I, I took a class on how to do Instagram. Because I'm like, how do you do all this stuff? Um, and I love Instagram as an artist. You know, it's a very visual uh, platform. So I'm very active on Instagram at Sunrise Today with an underscore. And uh, yeah, and on the website, you can sign up for the blog. I, I started writing a blog. Uh, I'm trying to put a newsletter out on a regular basis. Um, and But I'm interested, uh, just real quick, how did you feel about the journal? Oh, yeah. I thought, thank you so much for sending me the journal and also that lovely pin that's that has the picture of the sunrise and it says trade it in for the sunrise. I just thought that was really um, inspiring and witty, like a different way to look at things, focusing on the sunrise. Um yeah, so the journal was lovely. Um, it has I'm guessing this is some of your artwork in here, some of it, um, and some quotes. And so it's just it's real simple, nice little booklet um, that you can use, like you said, just to kind of help you out um, wherever you're at in sobriety. So thank you. Cool, cool, and great job. Well. I, if you don't have any more questions, we went for a pretty long time. So I wanted to thank you and I hope I didn't uh, talk too much or elaborate too much. I hope it was just all the important, the important stuff that you needed. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you came on the show and we got to have this conversation. Um, I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. Um, so thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad that we connected. So, yeah. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys. So please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.